Welcome to What is Truth, the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio program right here every Sunday for one hour beginning at 7 a.m. Your host, uh, Dr. Michael Caesar in studio. I was going to be all by my lonesome today because our regular partners in truth, uh, John D. and Mark Sassy are out uh, doing the Lord's uh, business. So I called in a good friend of mine, someone we've had here before. He is the associate pastor of the great Calvary Bible Church in Tonawanda. It's on your way to Niagara Falls. If you're going that way, just get off the 290, go north on Delaware for one mile. You'll find that church on the right. It is a terrific church. And this is Pastor Ed Luongo. And uh, I know at that uh, church, you you have a lot of ministries for uh, different purposes. You got the kids ministry. Children's ministry, sure. And uh, there's a little bit of a movie night, but also um, every uh, Saturday, two times a month, going out door to door. Great. And uh, Thursday evening services and Sunday morning, Sunday school at 945. And the main service is at 11 a.m. at 445 Delaware Street. Delaware, Delaware Street. Street. Okay. Tonawanda, New York. <laughs> kind of Delaware Avenue turns into Delaware Street yes, when you cross the, the, the 290. But hey, man. And, and uh, I mean, one of the things, Ed, because at your church, I know that uh, your pastor, your your senior pastor, Pastor Al, a good man, yes, uh, uh, and uh, and you and uh, the other men that teach. Uh, Keith is one of the teachers there. Sam sometimes will do teaching. Your wife will do teaching. I know every single one of you uses only one Bible, the King James Bible. I was on uh, the internet the other day on YouTube, mm-hmm. and a video came up of you okay. from a number of years ago. Uh, doing a study on manuscript evidence of the King James. I must have been like thousands of people had watched it. Yeah, that was um, actually now it has been done several times. The last time was a few years back. Uh And uh, we looked at manuscript evidence. But the thing that that I enjoyed doing the most was comparing the King James Bible with references to some of the other uh, perversions of the Bible. Right. And it's just remarkable to see the difference. Between the old Bible with the old English and these new modern Bibles, which kind of pervert the word of God. Yeah, they, when I say perversion, that's what I mean. They pervert the word of God. There are yeah. things that are removed that are important, things that are added, and things that um, are just changed, uh, words that are changed. And it's important to know that when you read the Bible, thus saith the Lord means thus saith the Lord. <laughs> exactly what it says. You know, when I first uh, got saved, I was older guy, I was 39 years old. And the first church I went to was the one that my wife was attending. It was a Wesleyan church. And the Bible in the pews, you know, usually a hymn book and a Bible in the pews for someone coming in. And I came in and I didn't have Bible of my own. So I pick up the pew Bible. It was something called the NIV, the New International Version. It turns out the pastor was using that. And I thought any Bible is good. Because after all, it is kind of a Bible and it talks about God and textbooks don't talk about God. Magazines don't talk about God. But uh, over time, the Lord kind of 
let me do some comparing on my own without manuscript evidence, just comparing the words. And, uh, and he kind of showed me that the old uh, Bible, the old King James Bible, the word of a king was his, and it was a great help to me. Uh, how was your same thing for me, but different, different, but same. And, um, what I mean by that is it was many years ago that a good friend of mine who was, um, who, who just, he would encourage me, get a King James Bible, read it, get a King James Bible. So you had a different one. Yes. I had a different, I had a new American standard as opposed to the new international version. Mine was called the new American standard. And he would encourage me. He'd say, no, the King James Bible, that's the one you want. And, and, um, uh, while he didn't make, um, a big deal out of it necessarily. He did make a big deal. He was because, probably praying for you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, he, he did make a big deal out of it, but he didn't, um, he was kind about it. Let me just say that. But what he suggested to me, and I took him up on a suggestion one day, he said, just read the King James Bible for a month, maybe a little bit more, whatever. And so I decided to do that. And I picked up King James Bible because I did own one. And I started to read it. And I just started to read it and continue to read it. And after about a month, I decided to look at my new American standard that I had, and I hadn't looked at it for a month. And I was immediately shocked by the differences in the spirit that were in these Bibles. And immediately, I, I remember standing up. <laughs> I mean, I was so excited. And I went over and told my wife about it, and I was so excited. And um, from that time on... Uh, the Lord has really just kind of um, uh, ingrained that in me that uh, God does indeed have a perfect word as the, the words of God are pure, the Bible says, yeah. and I had found them yeah. and they were uh, a delight to my, uh, to my heart. And, and so I wanted to uh, read them and then I wanted to study them. Then I want to tell people about it. And, and it really did uh, change my um, walk of faith. Because prior to that, with the New American Standard, I can tell you truthfully, after a decade or more of being a Christian, I think I may have read that uh, that book, that Bible, once, maybe. In 10 years. In 10 okay. years. I mean, it's it's a big book, but it's not that big. And, uh, and it reads, they do read more contemporary, so they're probably easier to read than the King James on the face of it. On the face of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but as you well know, as soon as you get started looking at that King James Bible and you read it for a while, and all of a sudden you read anything else and, and the words don't come easy anymore. Right. Right. Uh, so right. It's, it's, um, but anyway, that's, so that was, and to me, it was like getting born again, again. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I thought. I mean, it is curious when you read this book, I'm, I'm looking at, let's say the book of Nehemiah, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, yeah, yeah. And it came to pass in the month Kislu in the 20th year, I was in Shushan, the palace that Hanani, one of my brethren came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity activity and concerning Jerusalem. I would imagine that in the newer Bible, it would read more like a, a, a newspaper article and read maybe easier to the natural man than this. Sure. But um, you, well, you're right. Finding this is like finding gold. Yeah. I remember uh, after I found this book to be precious, yes. the King James Bible, I remember watching a PBS special one night and I was just watching, kind of not paying close attention. But being interviewed was a, a linguist, an English linguist, somebody who studies, actually a linguist, studies languages. That's all they do. And they were talking about the English language. Uh-huh. And this person who had, as far as I could tell, no particular faith, 
um, they weren't discussing religious things. He said to the uh, person interviewing him, well, if you want to see the English language in its purest and highest form, he said, read a King James Bible, because there it is. <laughs> above Shakespeare. Yeah, above <laughs> Shakespeare, yes, exactly. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, so yeah, that, I, that was a great thing for me, too, when I found it. And I, I must admit, I hadn't uh, read my NIV through once when I learned about the King James Bible. But once I learned that, I was drawn to the King James Bible to begin a, a sober, serious Actually, a joyful reading. Joyful. Plan. Amen. Yeah. Amen. S- same thing with me. Yeah. And it's been um, the delight of my heart now for, I don't know, a couple decades or more. <laughs> anyway, I've lose track of time. As you get a little older, you sort of lose track of time. <laughs> but it's been a while and I've been through this book now many times. And the book's been through me many times. And and there's a different difference in this book. Now, I know that one of the things you do in addition to teaching, because I've watched uh, uh, your teaching on YouTube, that's uh, most of it's on Al's channel. That's the Calvary Bible channel. What's that channel? CBCBuffalo.org. CBCBuffalo.org. Yeah. And if someone goes there, they can actually uh, see you teaching. They can see Pastor Al and and Keith and the others teaching, although I enjoy your your teaching a lot because it's uh, analytical, it's comparative. Uh, you take a verse here and a verse there and put it together. But I notice also, in addition to teaching, you have a, a gift that I don't have, which is writing. You're able to write things and you write <laughs> little pamphlets that have been helpful. And um, yeah, but, but they're for the basic issues in life. I mean, some yeah. of the. Yeah, there's actually two um, short books that I wrote. One's about 50 pages, the other one's 100. And I wrote them to help people in their uh, walk. And to introduce people to the Lord and to introduce people to the issues of life. And one of the books is called The Issues of Life. Okay. Uh, Come, let us reason or or, um, uh, keep your heart with all diligence. The Bible says for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Yeah. And the other book is called Hope Through the Storms of Life. And so I've written these two books to encourage people to seek out the Lord. Uh, They're not real... um, uh, lengthy books uh, on purpose because I just want people to get introduced to the Lord because if they get introduced to the Lord and they turn their heart to the Lord, the Lord will do the rest of yes. his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so I've given out many of these books. Now, all my neighbors have them. Um, <laughs> every every uh, contractor, doctor, um, uh, lawyer, whoever I come in contact with, I try to give them away. Amen. I'm going to make them a number one bestseller <laughs> on my own. Uh, but I give them away and I just encourage people to read, and uh, some of my neighbors have appreciated it and, and mentioned um, uh, that they're reading the book, have read the book, and uh, have appreciated it. So that's good. Help through the storms of life. That's very interesting because because all of us, at some point in our life, it will be called an emotional storm or, or a storm of occupational storm. Financial or, storm or yeah. physical storm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it reminded me, uh, the the theme of the book came from actually from Luke chapter 8, where the disciples right. were with the Lord Jesus, uh, and a, a physical storm came upon yeah, them yeah. while they were in the boat. And so it kind of, uh, that was kind of the backdrop to my thinking uh, of um, writing that book. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of storms. Um, and you know, it, it's, I think it starts off, if I'm not mistaken, now there was a day, I think, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, now it came, uh, verse 22, on came to pass on a certain on day. On a certain day. That, that, yeah. Yes, and a certain day is today. 
It could be today for, for anybody listening. Somebody listening right now to us this morning uh, on a Sunday morning might be going through one of those storms in their life. Uh, or they may, um, if they're not going through a storm, they probably just came out of one or they're about to enter into it, one. It came to pass on a certain day. They're probably, most certainly in someone's life, there is a day like that coming sure. where something's going to happen. The report comes back from the doctor. Like you said, uh, could be that yesterday the stock market was falling. Somebody sees their 401k falling, things like this. Yeah. Yeah. There's no shortages of storms in life. No. The Bible says, yea, man is born unto, unto trouble as the sparks flyeth upward, the book of Job says. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And that's very true. In our days, the Bible says, are just like vapors. They're very, it's very short. Yeah, short. And then it's over. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at you and, I, and I'm saying you, you're over 30. I can tell. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm over 30. <laughs> so it will be, like, be like Jack Benny. We're counting anniversaries of 39. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And you look back and now you in high school, you were telling me years ago, one of the sports you were involved in was tennis back then. Tennis, sure. Okay. Yeah. Now that's a while back, but you probably, it, it seems not too long ago. Yeah, it's amazing how life flies. I can go back in my mind uh, while I can't remember yesterday too well some days, um, I can remember as a child, you know, playing with friends in the neighborhood. Yeah. The games oh, that we played, the, the oh, things gosh. that we did. Climbing trees, climbing running trees, around, all that stuff. Climbing yeah. on top of roofs of people's, you know, Oh, yeah, the garages, garage roof. We the did that. Roofs. You did oh, that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopping from one to the yeah. other. Yeah, so I, I remember those things. And yet, here we are, um, uh, 60, I think 66, uh, going to be 67 soon. And uh, life flies. Yeah. Uh, and there's been many trials, many storms, many troubles over the years. But the Lord has been good. The Lord has been faithful. And the Lord has seen me through the storms of my life. Let's look at that passage in sure. Luke. Because it's practical uh, in addition to historical. Sure. And yeah. read through it and comment on it for us. Because sure. I think let's, that'd let's be good for our it. listeners. Yeah, this is uh, found in the Gospel of Luke. But yeah. it's also found in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, I believe. Right, but, right. but found in the Gospel of Luke is where I'm reading from the 8th chapter. And the 22nd verse begins it, and it says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Yeah. And they launched forth. So as I looked at that thing, and I thought, again, a certain day, but it's just like any day. Just like uh, September 11, 2001 was just... It was just any day until. Sure. Hey, let, hey, I tell you what, let's go, let's go to work today. Yeah. We'll launch over there. We'll head, uh, we'll go over the Brooklyn Bridge. We'll go, yeah, to yeah. work. Yeah. So it was just like that day or, uh, or like any other uh, uh, event in life that happens and all of a sudden the day is different. Yeah. And this was going to happen to the disciples that day. It was, it was a just nice a day. day when they took off. Yeah. It was it a beautiful was sunny. day. It was sunny. Yeah. Okay. And as a matter of fact, if you think about this in verse number 22, these were the disciples doing the right thing, yes. following the right person. And it was that right person, the Lord Jesus Christ, who actually was going to lead them into this storm. Uh -huh. So the Lord does sometimes brings us to a place where we have nowhere to look but to him. And that may be somebody listening this morning. You may be in a place where you've looked everywhere else. You've looked to the bank account. You've looked to the doctor. You've looked to the lawyer. You've looked to your friend. You look to your, your, your spouse. And there is no help to be found. But there is help to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sure, he sure. He can 
help you through and calm the storms of your life. The storm may still exist for a while, but the Lord Jesus Christ can calm the storms and he can bring you forth through that storm until yeah. it be yeah. overpassed. Yeah. His father said, uh, I am, I am a just God and a savior. And that would be Jesus. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. And that would be Jesus is the only Amen. savior, the God man savior. Yeah. Amen. So what happens in this story okay. here now? They, they're taken off. So they launch forth in verse 23. You got to love it. <laughs> but as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. Oh, there's the humanity of our Lord. <laughs> Amen. He, listen, he was tired. Yeah. The Lord was up early often praying yep. and he was with the disciples. And you remember, they didn't get in air conditioned vehicles and drive around. No, no Ubers. Uh, no. no Ubers. Yeah. yeah. They, they walked or they yep. rode uh, donkeys perhaps, but usually I guess they yeah, walked, he walked. Yeah, walked. Um, in sandaled feet. They didn't have yeah. Nike shoes to put on or yeah. whatever. Um, so they walked around. So he was tired, but as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and we're in jeopardy. Yeah. So this was a real storm. There's no doubt about it. They sure. were in trouble. Um, the, the, the physical storm came. Yeah. It's not a parable. This is a, a, a historical event of a real. That's right. It says a certain yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. And when you see that in your Bible, especially in the Gospel of Luke, a certain, uh, but not just in the Gospel of Luke, that means this is a true story. We're not talking about a parable. So they were on sure. the lake that day and this storm comes up seemingly out of nowhere, which again, that's what storms do sometimes. Yeah. They come and uh, like with, uh, remember Job, the patriarch Job in the book of Job yep. and in chapter number one, and you you see that, um, who was it that fell first? The Sabaeans, was it? Fell upon his- uh, Sure. Um, his, servants. Uh, yeah, servants. And and um, the servant came, a servant came and told him what would happen. And it says, and while he was yet speaking- Here comes another one. Here comes another trouble. And then it goes on and says, and while he was yet speaking, and another trouble, and while he was yet speaking- Wow. Wave after wave, wave of misery. Wave. Yeah. And that's the way storms sometimes come upon us in our lives. Yeah. Just wave after wave. We, we get a, a health scare, but we lose our job at the same time. Oh, gosh. And these are real yeah. things. This is what happens. And so the storm that somebody listening today may be going through, they're not on a lake today. Um, but they're going through a storm and it's just as real to them and it's just as real and it's just as dangerous and they're in jeopardy. And, you know, when I see here that it says that Jesus fell asleep. Now, uh, yes, that is the humanity of Christ, but, you know, the storm came and they're going to have to go wake him up in a minute because he's still sleeping. Yes. He's sleeping through the storm because he's not concerned. Because he's resting in his heavenly father, even in his sleep. And that's the rest that that uh, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ gives to a heart. The rest that says, no matter what happens in this storm, no matter what happens in this life, I know who my heavenly father is. Yeah. And I know whom I've believed. And I know that he will bring me home to those heavenly shores one day, no matter what happens in this lifetime. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I was talking to, uh, we had a Bible study in East Aurora the other night, and uh, a couple ladies came in, and one does not know the Lord, the other is new in the Lord, and they were talking about the fears and the anxieties they have. Now, I understand as mothers with children mm -hmm. out there today in the schools, yeah, moms worry. Uh, they're afraid. They have these uh, fears. What, what he's saying here is uh, if you bring them to the Lord, 
He can begin to calm those storms in your heart. That's right. He can begin to calm those storms, and he will. Um, He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Jesus says, believe also in me. And then he goes on to instruct them as to um, uh, his heavenly home, the Father's house. Uh, But the first thing he says is, let not your heart be troubled. You see, the Lord knows that in this life, our hearts get troubled. Sure. Um, the Bible says in John sixteen thirty three, in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, Jesus yeah, says. Yeah. And when he says the world, he means all these things that um, storm against us in life. He's overcome these things through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the heart. The heart's like our emotions. It's like our, our inner psyche. And and people often, when they have these problems, they go to a counselor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Maybe yeah. they're given a medicine. But Jesus is saying, I'm the great physician. I can do better. He can do better. And, and you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he's, he's our high priest today before the Father, making intercession for us. And the Bible says that he has been touched by our infirmities. Right. As you're talking about, in his humanity, he was touched with these very same things. Yeah, he was tempted in all points like we are. He, he experienced all this. The, yep. He had people around him that were angry at him. He had people talking about him. He had financial troubles. He said, I, I, I yep. don't know where to lay my head sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, someone bring me a penny. And, and in <laughs> his greatest testing, I guess, perhaps would be the Garden of Gethsemane. Sure. Where, where it says of him, he cries out and says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Yeah. The Lord was troubled in his spirit, in his heart. Sure. And yet he went a little further, it says in that account, and he fell on his knees and he said to the father, "Uh, nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He yielded his emotions to the father. And he faced, but, and he did it through prayer. He did it through prayer. Because he asked the other disciples to pray with him, but they had a difficulty and he prayed. So, you know, prayer is a big help. Yeah, interesting. In that case, uh, it was the disciples that fell asleep, not the Lord, (laughs) as in here. The Lord was being tried and trusted. And because of that, though, he understands us perfectly. Not only is he God creator who understands what and who he created, but he's also uh, God in human flesh who had to put on this body of flesh. And he experienced these things uh, alongside his disciples that day except for the fear. Right, he did right, not experience right. any of the fear. Well, he trusted in the Lord. Amen. And the Bible says it's better to trust in the Lord than, I guess, anything else. To put confidence in man, yeah, right? <laughs> so it says here, um, but as they sailed, verse 23, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind in the lake, on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. So again, it's real. Now, the disciples in verse number 24, it says, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Amen. What I like about this thing is is the disciples, the first thing they did is they got scared. Sure. That's like us today. Okay. Often the first thing that happens to us, at least in in my own spirit, when something happens, I often have a knee-jerk reaction, and the first thing I do is I get worked up right away, and I've got to go to the Lord and let him calm my spirit, calm my heart. So that's what they did that day. You know, it's, ahead, cur- it's curious because um, growing up without knowing a Bible, and I didn't know the Bible when I was growing up, so I was given what would be called uh, practical advice or modern proverbs, sure. so to speak. And one of the proverbs I was taught is uh, prepare for the worst, you know, 
hope for the best. Hope for the best. But prepare for the worst. Yeah. So when something does come, immediately you're uh, you're visualizing what is the worst that can come out of this thing. Okay. I mean, that's just the way yeah. our natural mind. We perish. We're going to yeah. die, Lord. This yeah. is it. There's no hope here. Yeah, no, it's a, a good point. That's what they're saying, essentially, <laughs> yeah. is, is, look, we're going to die here, Lord. Don't you know we're going to die? Uh, but, you know, I do like the disciples. They did something very important that day. After they got kind of worked up and excited a little bit, is they went to where Jesus was. Good. They came, they came to him. They came to him. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's what people need to do. When, when you, you've come to the end of all your natural resources, like you said, the natural proverbs that we all learned, a stitch in time saves nine, and sure. all those things that we learned as, as children, which were actually some pretty good human the, proverbs. The good practical. Yeah. But at the end of it all, they did the right thing. They came to him, and they awoke him. Yeah. And they did another thing, too, is they, they told him what the problem was. You, you know, the, that's interesting. The, a lot of those proverbs we learned are good practical things. But when you talk to someone like those two moms the other night that were upset, good practical advice isn't helping at that moment. They need something that goes beyond, something yeah. that transcends it. Yeah, amen. That's the word of God. Yeah. They need something that is sharper than any two-edged sword and is yeah. able to pierce asunder the dividing of, of soul and spirit. Sure. Because the, the words of God are spirit. Yes. And as, a, as spiritual, as words that are spirit, they speak to the inner person, the soul and the spirit of sure. a person. Yeah, and, and just human proverbs don't do that. Good practical he advice. Said, he says they are, they are spirit and they are life. And I'm thinking the word that's used is invigorate, to put that's life good. in something and invigorate someone who's wounded at that time. That's strengthens good. And them. that's exactly what the word of God will do. Yeah. It's like when we have a, a patient that would come uh, to the emergency room and they are... Uh, dehydrated from a lack of fluids and uh, lack of nutrition. The best thing we do is we put an IV in and you watch them come back right quickly. And this is like the water of the That's word good. that goes right inside. That's a good analogy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 It goes and It's not magical. It is spiritual. Amen. There's nothing mystical about it. It is spiritual. It is God's word, which are alive, quick and powerful, the Bible says. Yeah. They're quick. That means they're alive and powerful means they have authority to take authority over your life and to bring newness to it. Yeah. I was at the university today, you know, passing out some tricks and trying to tell the kids the thing about truth. Truth is spiritual, like like Jesus told that one man, you must be born again. Somebody said, what is it? It's spiritual, but it, but it's real. Yeah. It's spiritual and it's real. And truth is both spiritual, yet it is real. You might think it's mystical, but it's real. It touches the Absolutely human heart, real. the human emotion, the human soul. Absolutely. And that's where the, we enter into faith because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So when, when we talk about spiritual things are Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. I try to drive that home from time to time when I'm teaching that, look, these things are absolutely real and probably more real than the physical. Well, yeah, I was thinking about it. Now, you you were trained in accounting. Yes. So you went to college for, for numbers and accounting. I went for chemistry and, and medicine. So I, I can understand maybe in accounting, if they never taught you, you know, my gentleman here, I want to show you how to do a spreadsheet. I want to show you the numbers. Here's the calculator. And we don't need to talk about spiritual things. We're talking about numerical, real uh, things here. 
But for me, I'm taking care of human beings and yeah, they have a body, but they have a spirit, they have a soul. And nobody told me about that. There, There's very little I can think of in my education, high school or college, where the spiritual issues were addressed. Yeah, isn't that something? And, and I understand to a certain extent from a human point, but, but here you are trying to take care of a patient. Yeah. And yet often it's the inner person which is far more important than what's going on on the outside. And as we know, the things on the inside, the Bible teaches us, that affect the physical. Sure. The spirit of a man will sustain someone yes. in their infirmity. We, you know, we would see that too. You have a cancer, you have two cancer patients and one just goes into a funk and into depression. And before you know it, they're dead in six months. Yep. But the other has this uh, spirit. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. Uh, maybe I'm just going to watch comedy movies. I'm going to learn to laugh. I'm going to keep my thoughts up and, and they do better. The spirit of a yep. man sustained them yes, through infirmity. Amen. Yeah. Laughter is good medicine. The Bible yep. teaches us, right? Amen. Yeah, I'm not quoting it exactly right, but, but I'm sure it's in the, a merry heart do with good. There it is. A merry heart do with good like medicine. Yeah, there you go. I knew I wasn't <laughs> quoting it right, but, but uh, yeah, that's because the creator knows us. Well, we're going to, we're, we're getting near our station break. And uh, again, every week here on the, what is truth, the radio show, we usually go through chapters of the Bible, and we've been in the midst of the book of the Acts of the Apostles, and our regular uh, crew, uh, John and Mark, are with me, a special guest uh, with us today, Associate Pastor Ed Luongo of the Calvary Bible Church, cbcbuffalo.org. cbcbuffalo.org. You can go there and you can uh, hear some of the teaching, and he's written a couple of good books. We're, we're looking at a book it's small. It's not big. It's 50 not a, pages. 50, it's, it's not it. 500 it's pages. No. It's something you can read with not with good size yeah, print. Yeah, good size print. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so, and it's called The Storms of Life, Hope in the Storms of Life. And we're looking at the passage that inspired him to do it. And so we'd like you to stick around because we'll be right back after our station break in just a moment. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of our special program here, interviewing uh, Pastor Ed Luongo, talking about one of the uh, small books that he wrote, only 50 pages, Hope Through the Storms of Life. You know, we're at a time where everywhere I turn... Mm. I was just watching a business news today and people are worried about things going on on Wall Street. They're concerned about what's going on in Washington. They're concerned about the border. They're concerned about the cities. I mean, there seems to be storms brewing all over the place and, and they're, they're losing their hope. They're losing their confidence. Yeah. And yet you've got a book here that's based on a portion of the scripture where Jesus did something and he says, I just don't want this to be a historical example. I want it to be a real example. The The spiritual help that God wants to give to people today is real. Yes. Amen. Amen. And uh, yeah. And if, um, if anyone listening, if that, if you think that little book can help you just write to uh, Pastor Caesar, and we'll make sure that a book gets out to yep. you. Contact us at Grace and Truth Church. Now, our website is Grace and Truth Church. You got to spell out that long word with the A N D, put the church on the end, graceandtruthchurch.org. And, and it has a, a 
place said contact and you can contact and it gives our website and you can email us if you want and uh, we'll get your name and address and we'll get that book to you. And we're not even asking for anything. We're happy for you to have it. We want to bring you hope through the storms in your life. Yeah, amen. The, uh, and, and as we've been reading through this, it's a pretty short account, actually. It's just uh, one, two, three, four, five verses, really, yeah. cover it all. Um, but it's so powerful. It, it's, the Word of God is so powerful. In, in one piece of a verse, one part of a verse, the Lord just packs it in. Well, he talks about uh, the Word of his Father like being seed. Yes. And I think when we plant a seed, what can grow out of one seed? How yeah. much potential is in a seed? Yeah, amen. That's good. Good. And, yep. That's great analogy uh, that the Lord uses. He often used those kinds of things. He used things that we know. Yeah. You know, he used a lot of farming type examples and animals and, and nature and things like that uh, to teach ab- something about him and about his father and about faith and about uh, true spiritual Amen. life in him. Amen. So we're, we're reading through this account in, in verse 24. It's, um, and they said, well, oh, I'm sorry. Take yeah, it from 22 again. Let's, okay. uh, All right, let's, yeah, I'm sorry. Someone missed the first half of the show. So we're talking about this uh, real storm that um, Jesus and his disciples went through. And uh, it's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 22. And it says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he, that's speaking of Jesus, went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. So here were these men following Jesus, following the, 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 the Messiah, um, doing the right things. And yet, we read on, they still ran into trouble. Yeah. But as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And again, I want to say that again, you know, you may be doing the right things in your life. You may be trying to get things right, do things right, and yet you still find that you're going through some struggle, some trouble uh, that you just can't seem to escape. And that really is the human condition. I'm thinking of these guys now. If I remember his disciples earlier in the book when he called them uh, James and John, they were fishermen. Yes. Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. So, And this is a lake they used to fish on. And so they're familiar with the lake, uh, Jesus, he says, I'm tired. Well, go, go take a nap back there. We got it under control. We got this boat under control. And all of a sudden the storm comes up and I'll bet their first thought was, we don't want to bother him. Let's see if we can fix this on our own. <laughs> they're getting their own buckets. They're doing what they can. And yet they're, they can't handle it. They can't I mean, all it. of their human effort, they're getting filled up. The boat is taking on water they can't deal with. And they were in jeopardy. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. It says in that verse 23, it says, and they talking about the boat, and they were filled with water. Yeah, and that's the way our lives can be sometimes, just filled with trouble. You yeah. turn to the left, there's trouble. You turn and, to the right, and you're trying trouble. to get out of it, and you can't seem to. And you're bailing water, and bailing water, that and you frustrates can't get and out. Frightens. Sure, yeah. sure. And again, that's it's happened probably to. All of us yeah, yeah, at some definitely. point in our life where <laughs> I'll testify. Yeah. yeah, no, I'll testify too. where, where I just seem to be, uh, you know, doing the best I can and bailing water and bailing water and bailing yeah. water. And it just never ends. Right. And yet we read here that they did do something really, really good. In it verse says 24. in verse 24, and they came to him. Smart. You know, they were in jeopardy. Um, I, I heard, I think it was, um, 
um, a, a book I read years ago. I think it was uh, written by Dr. Peter Ruckman, I think. And, and he said, you know, if you could just get to where Jesus is, you'll never die. Amen. Now, you've got to think about that <laughs> yeah, one that, for a yeah, little that's bit. Right. That, <laughs> if you can just get to where Jesus is. Well, I know where he is today. He's in, he's in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. Sure. If I can just get there, I won't ever die. And how do we get there? Well, Jesus says that we have to come the way of his gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel is the way to go straight up yeah. to be with him. Yeah, and, and he... You know, Jesus placed that responsibility on himself. He said, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. Yes. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. So he placed that heavy burden upon himself. That's a good point. Now, so, so we know, according to the Bible, that after the resurrection of Jesus, it says he ascended. We were reading that back in, the, uh, in Acts earlier. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he's up there. So... So we know that we know that we know that the Jesus of the Bible right now is sitting in heaven. And yeah, if I get to him, that takes care of all my problems. But I'm still down here. How how can I get to him? Yes, yes. Well, he's also known as the word. Yeah, amen. The, the word of God, yeah. yeah. That's a small, uh, it's a capital W, Jesus, and a small W for his words in this Bible that we have. So you find him, this is where I found him. Amen. After 39 years, I had been in church uh, when I was a little boy. My mom and dad, they were good Italian Americans. They brought us to the neighborhood Italian Roman Catholic Church. I was in church all those days. I was brought to church. I was never brought to Jesus. Yeah. I was brought to the sacraments, confirmation, communion, uh, confession, but I was never brought to Jesus. And I was, I don't not that I had a storm in my life, but I didn't know him and I didn't have confidence. I had fears, but then someone brought me to a Bible study Amen. and that's the first time I began to come to him. Amen. And you find out that going through the storms of life, that Jesus Christ is the ark. Yeah, amen. The ark he's the safety. ark that we can, yeah, just amen. like Noah's yeah. ark, he's the ark that we can get into by faith. Yeah. And he sees us right through to the Father. Amen. And it's something that only the the, the Lord does. And, and for me, when I get worked up and excited and a storm comes, um, this is everybody's different, I suppose. I'm not saying this is right. But for me, it's probably a little less of prayer and more of time in the word that settles my spirit. I'm the same way, brother. Yeah. I don't know why that same. is, but that's the way it is. Well, I, th I think perhaps with you and me, because we have a lot of uh, discussions and we'll get together and we look at the Bible together. Yeah. And and the truth of the matter is this is a, a deep book. Yeah. And so I'm looking at a passage and going, Brother Ed, you know, I think I found this much. Have you found any more? And we're kind of digging together, like mining, yeah. going down deeper in the book. And that's just the way God made us because yeah. we're teachers. So yeah. we're used to digging. Yeah. But as I said, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Somebody might go to the Lord um, in, in prayer exclusively and wait upon the Lord. Okay. Yeah, that, oh, listen, that's fine. But either way, you're going to the Lord. You're going to the Lord. That's right. And for me, it's getting into the word of yeah. God and it begins to settle my me spirit. Too. Yeah, I'll testify. Uh, yeah. Like nothing else. So these disciples here in verse 24, they awoke Jesus and they said, Master, Master, we perish. <laughs> so it was, you know what I like about it though, is they were honest. Yeah, here's our diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. Lord, uh, there's no look. hope here. It's yeah. hopeless. Yeah, we're going to die, all of us. <laughs> you know, I, but 
they were they were they were actually they were realists that day, but they were honest with the yeah. Lord. Yeah, that was what they were feeling. And so, if anyone's listening this morning, it's futile. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that's the way you feel, let the Lord know. Amen. That's what you know. That's what I loved about uh, Thomas. I mean, he gets a bad rap, Thomas the disciple. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that for him. I see him as a man who, when he wanted more faith, he said, "I can't trust the disciples. Let me ask Jesus directly." Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he, he told the Lord, and, and you know, the Lord said, "Be uh, you know, reach in your hand, be not faithless." So he yeah. wanted his faith to grow, and Thomas was honest with his yes. feelings. And so I would encourage anybody out there: be honest with the Lord. Now, when you come to Jesus, like they did in verse 24, and you give your diagnosis, look what he does, the next three words. Yes. Um, which three we, After we at? perish. Oh, okay. After we perish. Then he arose. There you go. Amen. <laughs> then he arose. And the Lord stands up and takes notice and says, I got to do something here. Yeah. These guys can't do anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and here, I never really focused on those words. That's good. He arose. And when he rises up, he rises up to action. Yes. He rises up just at the right time. Yes. And, you know, it, it also harkens. I know the context isn't this, but it reminds me of what we call Easter sometimes. Okay. The resurrection Amen. he arose which ultimately yeah. gave him victory Amen. over death which gives us victory in him yes. over that same death Amen. oh death where yes. is thy sting Amen. oh grave where is thy he is victory? risen indeed yes Amen. yeah and so then he arose and when he rises up it's it's to do something that no one else could do sure it says and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water wow so jesus gets up and now in his godness, in his deity, even though he's in a human body, he speaks to the wind and he speaks to the raging of the water. Amen. And we can speak all day long and <laughs> nothing's going to happen. I, you know, I've been caught out in the rain, looked up and said, really, Lord? You know, I, you know but I couldn't stop it. No. I couldn't stop it. And, uh, you know, we can't stop sometimes the things that happen so, to us. So, again, the testimony of the Bible is the creator uh, has dominion and power over nature. And, and the Bible is saying that the word that was with God in the beginning that made all things, he has that power of creation and over nature. Yeah, amen. Over nature. Over nature. Now, now this was just wind and water. The thing that is amazing uh, for me is that he has power over natural things, including our body and our, and our emotions and our spirit. Yeah, he can calm what's going on in there. Yeah. The winds and the waters that are overwhelming our soul. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's really the, the, the good application teaching of these verses. Yes. Yes. Is that's the thing that the Lord is speaking to. Yes. He's speaking to our hearts. Yeah. Uh, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, the Bible says. Yea, the mighty waves of the sea. Amen. But our text says here, it says, when he spoke to the wind, when he rebuked it and the water, it says, and they, that is the raging of the water and the wind, and they ceased and there was calm. Yeah. When the Lord speaks to your heart, brothers or sisters, anybody listening out there, when the Lord really speaks to your heart through his word, he can bring a calm that none of your efforts can do. I'm just, I'm just looking here also 
I think of the the winds of, of various thoughts that come through our mind. Yes. And I never notice the water. The water can be the tears that come in in the rough times of life. That's yeah, very good. And the lo- the Lord can still those. He can still yeah. those. And and the Lord, where, I forget where it says it, but he puts our tears in, in a, a bottle. bottle. Yeah, in the Psalms. Yeah, yeah the Lord understands. Uh, there's a song that says something like... Um, well, it says that the Lord understands. The, it, tears are a language the Lord understands. Amen. That's it. Tears okay. are a language yeah. the Lord understands. He understands our tears, the waters of our tears. As, as um, who was it that that cried? Was it Jeremiah that he, that his bed was soaked with his tears? Was it Jeremiah the weeping prophet? I forget. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He was the weeping yeah. prophet. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so when the Lord stands up, he comes to action. He comes to do the thing that needs to be done. Verse 24. And these things ceased and there was a calm. Amen. Peace. And then it says, yeah, go ahead, brother. Peace. 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 Amen. So yeah, the, 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 didn't Jesus say um, that he came to bring peace and not the, like the world gives it, give I unto you. He says, I give you peace, but not like the world gives. Sure. Not temporary peace, not peace, which is just on the surface. I give you a deep inner, peace. Inner peace. An inner yeah. peace like yeah. no one else can give. Amen. And that's what he does not only to the storms uh, that um, may arise physically, but the things that are in our heart, which is what we're really talking about yeah. here. Yeah. When I wrote that little book, the, the Hope Through the Storms of Life, that's what I was talking about. I didn't really expect anyone reading it was going to be on a sailboat in a, with big waves. Right. Coming. And the, and the other book you wrote, though, because the heart is the key. That's where the yes. issues of life are. That's where the issues and of life are. And that's where he does his greatest work. Yes, amen. Yeah, that, that little book is written to answer a series of questions, questions that are deep in our hearts. Um, what happens to me when I die? Oh, yeah. You know, every culture, every people group throughout all of humanity have have uh, questioned what happens after I die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and often it comes with fear. Um, it's something, according to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, I believe it is, that Satan uses to keep us in bondage, the fear of death. Well, I got I to think of it from my standpoint before anyone brought me to the Bible. It's the fear of the unknown. The I haven't the unknown. been there. Yes. And anyone who has been there hasn't communicated back with me. So, yeah. so it's unknown to the natural man. To the natural man. But not to the creator. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and it's good to know that the one who wrote this book for us, um, he's been to heaven, he's right. been with the Father, and he's been to earth, and he's back in heaven today, and he left us this word, he left us this book that we could uh, learn of him. I'm just uh, thinking of the passage when, when he said to uh, the one apostle, John, he says, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. Amen. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. I mean, I've been on, I've been there and back. I can tell you about it. I'm going to have you write about it in the book yes. so others can know. Yes. And, you know, there was the Apostle Paul who wrote in Philippians that that he said that, look, I, I you know, I saw what was going on up in heaven. I was taken up right. into heaven in the spirit. And he said, I know what's up there. Yes. Um, and he said, I didn't really want to depart, but yet here I am. So he, he knows, he knew what was there too. And he said, it's good. And these things are written that we may know. That we may know. Yeah. That's right. First John chapter five. And so it goes on in verse 25. And he said unto them, now Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Yeah. After all this, he says, where is your faith? Oh, that's got to be one of the greatest questions. Yes. That for anyone, I mean, listening today, listener, where is your faith? 
faith. Amen. I mean, when I was a little boy, I was taught to place my faith in the church that my grandparents and my parents went to, to trust that church. For me, it happened to be Roman Catholic. For my friend, it was Lutheran. Another friend down the block, it was the synagogue. That's where their faith was. Jesus wants us to know where is your... Now, today, I think a lot of people's faith is in science, yes, medicine, uh, technology. Yes, good point. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, um, that's one of the questions that I ask and attempt to answer in the Issues of Life book is, where is your faith? That's a fundamental question. Fundamental question. And we all have faith, with very few exceptions, and the exception proves the rule. People <laughs> have faith in something. In something. Yes, yeah. in something. And, and Jesus here is... He's kind of, he's chiding them perhaps a little bit, but he wants them to go deeper is really what sure, he's trying to sure. do. He wants them to understand that um, there is a place you can pay, place all of your trust. Correct. And it was in him and he was there with them. So he says, where is your faith? Yeah. Great question. Great question. And it says, and they being afraid, <laughs> now they're a little afraid because here's here's the, the, the man that they had walked with. They knew he was Lord, but... He Did just really still the storm. I, right. I can't imagine that. I mean, peace um, be still here and here in uh, Buffalo. We don't get a lot of, you know, windstorms, but occasionally we do. Yeah, we'll have a 60 mile an hour winds. And my my wife doesn't like it. And, and it's kind of frightening. I it mean, is, sometimes yeah. the the shades move, even though we've got the windows down, the, the, the wind blows through and the house is shaking. Imagine someone being able to go outside and go stop. And there's a calm instantly. Yeah. I mean, that. That's our Lord. That's our Lord. And, and and they've just experienced it firsthand. So they're a little afraid. And, and, it, and it says, saying one to another. And here's another great question, isn't it? They said, what manner of man is this? It's uh, an, actually an exclamation yeah, point yeah. in our Bibles. Yeah. What ma So they were, what's the right word? Astonished at what he had just sure, done? They sure, sure. Uh, um, you know, they're looking and this, whatever, what happened to them, that never happened to them before. Mm -hmm. And they said, what manner of man is this? And, you know, uh, he, Jesus Christ, what manner of man is he? As a question, he's the God man. He's the one that offers salvation yeah. through the gospel, his gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the one that can still the storm in your heart today. Uh, and he can yeah. do it just like that. Amen. Just rise up in your heart through his word. Yeah. And he can still the storm of your heart. Amen. So he says, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. You know, it's interesting how the winds, the nature, animals, when God spoke to them, they obeyed. Instant obedience. Instant obedience. And yet, and yet his children, by faith, yeah. Christians, what do we do sometimes? We kick against the word of God. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of a verse I was just showing someone the other day. One one of the mothers that was talking to me had an older uh, child who's a uh, teens just crossing into the twenty early twenties, and uh, really she's having great difficulty with disobedience. And she said, it must be me. I'm a, a bad mother. And and she is a good lady. And I said, well, let me show you this verse from the prophet Isaiah hmm. in chapter one. And here is God speaking. And he says in Isaiah chapter one, verse two, he says, hear, O heaven, heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I, the Lord, I've nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Hmm. And I, and I said, 
you know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you want to point the finger at God and say he's a bad parent? I mean, there can't be any better no, than the be Lord. Better. Amen. And, and yet we tend to rebel against him. It's, it's a strange thing. Uh, now, one of the ways we might rebel against him, I mean, the winds and the water just obeyed him. And what he's saying to the disciples is, where is your faith? Should not your faith be in me and in my father? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best form of, of obedience yeah, to amen. God is to obey the faith of God's word. Yes, uh, um, I'm reading from uh, for a moment from Matthew's gospel, the seventh chapter, and uh, verse number 24. Uh-huh, yeah. I'll let you get there. It's talking about obedience. Yes. Uh, talking about where your faith should be placed. Amen. In, in the gospel of Matthew, for yep. those out there who have a Bible, chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus says, and doeth them, obedience, putting your trust in faith. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house yes. upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Amen. The rock is obedience and faith in the Word of God and Jesus Christ. Sure, sure. I'm thinking one of them... Uh was it Paul talking about in Thessalonians about uh, we need to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? And you think, obey the gospel. I mean, the gospel's good news. Yeah. That should be easy to obey. That would be like if the gospel were somebody gave me a check and said, all you got to do is go down and cash this at the bank. The, the guy's already put the money in there for you. All I got to, that's not a hard thing to obey. That's good news. I take the check, I cash it, I get the rewards and the benefits of it. Well, the gospel of Jesus Christ offers the gift of eternal life. Yeah, amen. And and it is um, it is a universal call. The call goes out to every man, woman, boy, and girl. Sure. But you have to answer the call for by yourself by faith. faith. By faith. It says that we are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, Galatians tells us. Sure. Uh, so that's it, uh, listener. It's by faith. You can call upon the Lord Jesus Christ today. The Bible says call upon, uh, Jesus says to, let's see, uh, Acts 16.33. Why can't I remember you that? You get that one, and I'll look at Romans 10. Yeah, well, let's yeah, look at Romans some of 10. these. That's these good. are good ones for for us and, and for yeah. the listeners. There yeah. you go. I, I, Acts 16.33 or 31. And they said, um, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Yeah. It says, and thy house, if they believe also. So it's belief, it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he said. You know, that's an interest, and thy house. Now, he was talking to a man, the uh, uh, a guy that worked, uh, a jailer, jailer that worked yeah. on the Philippian jail, uh, a guy like that. You know, uh, there's a man by the name of, uh, focus on the family, James, uh, James Dobson. Dobson yeah. And he was doing some research with some people, and they were looking at uh, families and and uh, true biblical faith in families. And he was observing in a 20-year study with a lot of other people that did this study with him that if the mother is a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that uh, only you know 20% of the kids will, will retain the faith when they go through high school. But if the father is a believer... It's well over 85%. Oh, the power of, of a father, something because uh, 
God wants to get the heart of a man yes. and have him be the priest in the family and lead them. It's one of the greatest things for men to consider. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I grew up, you know, my dad told me I needed to provide for my kids. And I took that as meaning financially. Mm-hmm. But God's saying as a man, I need to provide spiritually for them. And my wife was observing that in our family, she was the first one to get saved. But after I got saved, I mean, all four of the boys uh, coming to church, believers, all of them today, Amen. believers, with all of their wives, believers, all of their kids, believers. I mean, isn't that something? Yeah. It, you know, and and I don't know if it was a different between um, that statistic between men and women uh, looking at their father, but uh, probably not. But anyway, it's looking up. There's just something that, that God placed this order in the family. Yes. And it's whether we know it or not through the scripture, whether we know it or not, uh, it's real and it's that's a good statistic. I was not aware of that. Yeah, I was surprised too yeah, when something. I heard it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, were you going to look at another one? Or yeah, had, we were just looking at you know faith. I mean, where, where do I get faith? Well, faith comes by hearing, uh, and hearing by the word of God. And that was so key for me um, at, at the church where I grew up. There was a lot of ritual. There was a lot of uh, tradition. There was a lot of catechism. A lot of. Uh, physical sacraments and sacraments, uh, yeah. with the, the stations of the cross. But what there wasn't was the word of God being given to me and f- true faith. Biblical faith comes by hearing the word of God. And uh, he says in Romans chapter 10, boy, if you're a Roman Catholic, you want to read Romans. Amen. That's a great book. <laughs> it's, a good book. it's almost like written to them. And, and uh, the, the righteousness, which comes by faith, which is of faith, it uh, goes this way. It's the word of God that is nigh thee. The word that should be in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And this is Paul writing. He was a preacher. And verse 9 of the 10th chapter of Romans. If thou, listener, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Understanding that Jesus is is more than just a man or a rabbi. He's the Lord. Amen. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Yes, I believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not a story. Uh, he, He died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. If you're willing to believe that in your heart by faith and with the mouth, say, yes, Jesus is the Lord. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth on to righteousness. And I like that because somebody said, you know, see, Michael, it doesn't say behaveth unto righteousness. Hmm. It said belief. God wants our heart. Amen. That's good. That's the simplicity. Jesus said, where is your faith? And and the Bible's saying, you want to put it right back to Jesus. You want to call upon the Lord. Yeah. As in the same chapter you're reading from, it, it kind of concludes that section by saying, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Amen. shall be saved. Amen. Well, hey, look, it was great having you. And brother, Thanks uh, for inviting associate me. pastor, uh, Ed Luongo of the Calvary Bible Church in Tonawanda. Uh, a couple of booklets that he's written. If you're interested in one of them, just let us know. Uh, go to our website, graceandtruthchurch.org, graceandtruthchurch.org. Get the contact session, uh, send us an email that you'd like hope in the storms of life. And the other one is the issues, the issues of life, the issues of life. And we'll get one to you 
We don't even want your money. What we want is to give you the truth. You know what Jesus said? The thing you'll find in those books, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. See you next week. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK. 